everyone. Welcome to Beauties and Headcanons, where we're nerdy, and you probably are too. I'm Lindsay. I'm here with Tegan. You guys are getting kind of sick of this, right? <laughs> Not. Um, anyway, so I'm here. We're here. It's great. It's October. It's Spooktober, right? So yes. we're um, today talking about witches. And this one's really funny for me because, like, I don't know anything about witches, but it's kind of been, like, trending lately. Um, this year for school... Um, uh, there was like when you went to Target and you know like I always know it's trending it's because of Target for school <laughs> supplies and things but it was all about like the phases of the moon and hoodies with the phases of the moon and hoodies with um, uh, different um, I don't know occult-ish type stuff going on and so I wanted to do this episode just to like kind of throw out all the cool stuff about witches out there um obviously in our fandoms we have witches we liked witches we didn't like um and traditionally for October we always do like a Harry Potter episode or something and so this one's kind of like just just kind of like the episode was it's like a takeaway from that and see how far we can go in an episode um First, Tegan does have a little bit to share with Gaming Corner, though. Yes. So, I mean, this is kind of just like a really minor thing. But um, earlier this week, if you saw my Gaming Corner post, you know I've been kind of experimenting with different play styles, with different romances. And um, I know, like, you know, a lot of people joke about, you know, especially Bioware games, how you tend to pick them up and... When you replay them, you're like, I'm going to do, I'm going to play this again, and I'm going to make all the exact same choices. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of a a joke. And it it is true, like, to an extent, but I think it is fun to sometimes step out of your norm and kind of experiment with some other things. Um, I know, you know, I I usually prefer mages when it comes to, like, Dragon Age, but I, I do like stepping out of that and kind of experimenting with rogues. Primarily, I'm trying to get behind warriors I'm sorry, uh, it's just really hard for me to get into Warriors, but I'm trying. I'm trying, okay? Um, But, you know, even outside of gaming and fandoms in general, I think it's really important to, you know, not get so caught up in, like, our own preferences and headcanons that, you know, we think that when somebody else does something their way that, oh, it's wrong, or they're not playing it right, or, you know, they're not, you know, consuming the media correctly, you know? Um... I was actually having a conversation with one of my friends in Discord, um, and we were talking about, like, our own, like, headcanons and, you know, discussing them. Um, And, you know, I I have lots of different, you know, geeky friends, and we talk about our own headcanons and our own, like, you know, interpretations of media. And, you know, we do agree on some things and that there are some things that we don't really agree on um, that don't really mesh. And you know what? That's fine. That's cool. You know, we, we all have fun and we all, you know, just kind of accept that we just, you know, see things differently. And I, I think it's just, it gets really toxic when, you know, some fans are just like, no, you know, the way I see it and the way I interpret this is the, you know, only way to interpret this. <laughs> and, you know, it, it can get really toxic. Um, it, you know, in the end, we are all geeks and we're all enjoying our fandoms. We're all enjoying, you know, our games or our TV shows or our movies, you know, our comics, you know, whatever media we're consuming, you know, we're just here and enjoying it. We're being fans. And, you know, if we're all different people. So, you know, we're all going to interpret things a little bit differently. And if somebody interprets things a little bit different than you, 
that's okay. You know, it's it's not canon, you know. It's their own head canon. That's why we call it a head canon, you know, because it's not canon. It's just our personal interpretation of it. And, you know, there might be canon that contradicts a head canon, and that's still okay. You know, sometimes it's fun to just think about certain things, even if it could be contradicted with canon. Thinking about what ifs is still fun. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, like, the gaming corner is not really... Get totally gaming specific it kind of started that way now my take takeaway is you know again right. we're all geeks let, let's just in, live and let live and enjoy uh, my only caveat is obviously if somebody is being toxic with their head cannons obviously that's not a good thing you know so i do want to put that caveat out there the you know don't accept everything 100 percent. you know if something is toxic is something you know does carry a trace of racism or bigotry or something you know obviously that's not good. That should be called out. That should be challenged. But, you know, honestly, vast majority of, you know, headcanons that I've seen, that I've interacted with are not that way. So, you know, if somebody interprets something differently, it's okay. Just, you know, keep your own headcanons and keep it going. You know, and if, if you can't interact with a certain person, you know, in a good and healthy manner, then you know what? It's okay to block. You know, I, I had this kind of um, thought for a while that, oh, well, you know, if you block people, then, you know, just you, you weren't really an adult because you should be able to talk and interact with people in a normal, healthy manner and blah, blah, blah. Like, look, even if you are an adult and even if you aren't, two people aren't toxic, sometimes you just don't mesh. And that's okay. You can both be good people. You can both, you know, have valid views on things, but sometimes you just don't mesh and that's okay. And if for your own mental health, you need to block or unfollow somebody, just do it. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, funny though too, is I also mm -hmm. feel like that's something that can kind of, uh, mesh into like our entire lives too. Yeah. I mean, so often I think, Oh no, if uh, this person shouldn't be my friend on Facebook, if I can't, follow what they're posting every day mm -hmm. and it's so much it's it's better to unfollow someone who is posting toxic things especially because of let's say a political climate mm -hmm. um, but at the same time I, I like to keep certain people in my circle because of what they uh, might be able to bring to the table next month or the month after you know next yeah. year so it's it's like it's definitely a sign of growth in the sense that like I can unfollow them I also don't have to comment on things that they are posting yeah. that don't align with what I believe or what I want and that doesn't necessarily I don't I feel like that doesn't necessarily make me less of an adult or um, a bad uh, networker in that sense because of you know, not surrounding myself with people I agree with all the time. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. The problem is when it when it does get insidious and mm -hmm. ugly. Definitely. You can't avoid it. You can't change it. It's all about setting boundaries. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, some people obviously are fine with not having very many boundaries, but other people need boundaries and they need right. to enforce their boundaries. And that's okay. You know, I, if, you know, you are out there and you're struggling with something like this, then, you know, consider this officially your permission. Go block people or unfollow people that right. you need to. <laughs> Self-care aware, for sure. Yes, exactly. Um, I also, I also wanted to talk uh, real briefly about what you started out talking about with um, uh, gaming personas and mm -hmm. uh, the avatars that you choose for yourself. I especially... You know, played a few online games, and I remember always gearing towards 
you know, in high school, I was always um, a, a dark elf cleric, which was like as close as I could get to being like emo, but <laughs> still, because you know, dark elves were dark, not not mm-hmm. liked by most other uh, races. They're misunderstood, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were always mysterious, and they always mm-hmm. looked cool and stuff like that. And then um, clerics were healers, right? So I was always, I was always in. Uh, intrigued by the healing aspect of things which is just says mm-hmm. an awful lot about me as a person but then i started to like kind of branch into oh my goodness druids like really Lindsay? okay <laughs> and and that's always what i am i'm always a druid or um i think in rift or in world of warcraft i i did like i dabbled with like the wendigo race and stuff or maybe wendigo is a thing i don't remember but i was always like in the naturey other stuff like mm-hmm. that's as close as I got I never was like I'm just gonna be an all-out wizard or I'm gonna be an all-out warrior <laughs> or you know it was always like well I could probably try to be a tank if I wanted to be a paladin like it was never all out at any of those either it was mm-hmm. never a tank on any planet and yeah. I had no idea how to do it I wanted to stand back and I wanted to heal everybody and that was it like that was I was I was always in high demand, but you got to be a good healer to be able to get back into another group. So it was always just so interesting to me that that was like the the route I took even in high school. You know, like that's where I was headed even in high school. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about witches because I, I don't know how yes. this transition is going. I was never <laughs> a witch. I was never a wizard. I was never a warlock. I never got my uh, letter from Hogwarts. So here we are. And that's just it, too, is, like, we also, I don't pretend to, to know or pretend to know anything. I don't know that Tegan ever says I am the all resource on this particular topic. Oh, no, but definitely we're not. we're just going to, like, pick each other's brains on what we do know, what we're interested in. And we would love to hear from uh, our listeners about, like, what we get wrong, what we didn't talk about, uh, everything. We, we really just want to hear from you guys. So please yeah. reach out and let us know how angry you are at us for really messing up whatever we're about to talk about. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I I always say, you know, we're never always experts. There's always going to be, you know, somebody that knows more than we do, Right. you know, there's always going to be somebody out there and that's, and that's cool. That's fine. You know? Okay. So topically, what's, who's your favorite witch? Um, I mean, probably out of all the fandoms that, you know, or, you know, media that I consumed, probably my favorite witches are from Hocus Pocus. I mean, obviously, you know, this time of year, that seems like a really obvious answer. And, (laughs) but, you know, the thing is, you know, obviously when I was growing up, again, you know, witches, bad, they're, you know, from Satan or whatever. But, you know, when I was a teenager, uh, things were starting to get a little more lax. We actually did have a TV you know, a TV with a cable connection and things like that. So, you know, I was able to expand my horizons a little bit. And um, my, you know, dad worked full time, my mother was going to school at the time. And so like, I was actually, you know, able to watch a whole, you know, lot of things when they weren't home, that I normally would not be able to watch, you know, with them home. And so Hocus Pocus was one of those things that I watched, like when neither of them were home. And I just remember just, absolutely falling head over heels in love with it you know not that I could express it you know with them around but I just I just loved it and 
not that it was like such a you know positive portrayal of witches i just loved the story i loved the different characters um obviously i mean the three witches themselves were just absolutely charming and lovely <laughs> you know even though they were bad i still enjoyed them you know well, and I mean, we've been watching Hocus Pocus since the dawn of time. I was I was like eight when it came out, right? So um, I feel like uh, we've had a long time to get used to the Sanderson sisters and, mm-hmm. and to, to know more and more about them. If somebody quotes something or if somebody dresses up as the three of them, you recognize it. You, you know mm-hmm. what they're about. I, I do remember, you know, being kind of like taken aback by the whole satan worshiping part of when they go in and they see all the they go to see the children and there's that one guy who's passing out candy dressed as dressed as satan yeah um i i I remember being like oh they they do don't they wait a minute and and not really like understanding that bit of it um but simultaneously you know we're inundated with the fact that they suck the lives out of children and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff too and and we all know that we all know the quotes, um, you know, when Sarah's like, amuck, 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 you know, like all of those things. We, 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 we relate to them. We know them. Yeah. Um, and I do, I, I love Hocus Pocus. I, I think I have um, earrings that say something about them. I don't remember. Oh, it's, it's all a bunch of Hocus Pocus, right? Yes. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Um, so, yes, absolutely. The Sanderson sisters. Um I wanted to talk a little bit about the witches that are in Studio Ghibli films. Um, mm-hmm. That's something I didn't even think about because mm-hmm. the, you know, Kiki, she's a witch. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm I don't pretty know. sure that's like the only film that I've seen from that studio. <laughs> I don't know oh, why. Okay. So, so we can't talk about too much of that. Um, but, I, I don't know why, like, I, I always intend to watch more of their films, but it's just, like, I always forget. It's, like, one right. of those things, it's, like, oh, well, I know, I will, I will, one day, and it's just, the day right. has not arrived yet. <laughs> well, there's a magical, mystical element to just about every um, uh, movie. There's, there's, mm-hmm. I mean, as long as you're not talking about the one that the borrow is, Borrowers is based off of. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but... Um, Spirited Away, the main antagonist is Yubaba. She's she's uh, she's got to be a witch. She's, <laughs> she's extremely magical. Um, and then Howl and the Moving Castle. Um, Sophie is uh, has a curse cast on her, so mm-hmm. that's got to be one as well. And I just I I love the um, element that those things that those characters bring into um, the storyline, um, especially with magic being not the main plot line point, but being a part of it is always really exciting to me. Um, I did, however, want to uh, kind of go back and talk about what, like, uh, what you know about, like, the basic witchiness things, like... What's it mean to be a witch? Are you really worshiping the devil? What What is all of that? Because even like, uh, you know, I, I see, I tend to relate things like crystals and sage and um, uh, all of those things with that kind of element, like, mm-hmm. you know, being a witch. So, yeah. 
give me some, drop me some knowledge. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know if I've ever like technically mentioned this before on here, but I, I am a witch. I am a practicing witch. I follow mostly like Norse paganism. Um, I do have a little bit of a Celtic uh, influence as well. I'm a bit of an what we call an an eclectic witch, which means I don't necessarily hold to just one path. I can sometimes incorporate and take in other things from other paths as well, um, as long as they're open. Um, there, there are different practices that are what we call closed, and they are usually closed because they're like indigenous practices that, you know, you have to be a part of that community and be, you know, inducted in, you know, officially into that community in order to partake in that. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, it's not good to try and borrow things from closed practices when you're, you know, not from that community. Uh, one of the biggest things is like, and, and I'm sorry, I know I'm probably going to get uh, some people riled up, but burning sage and like especially white sage palo santo and what people refer to as smudging is very much uh culturally appropriative um sage especially like white sage is something that is very you know in tune with the indigenous practices from north america um there is i think a type of sage that is okay but the white sage that is, you know, usually typically used is, you know, not very common. It's becoming endangered, you know, so it's not really good to just use it. Um, and there are other herbs. If you want to do like a smoke cleansing, there are plenty of different herbs that you can use for that. So please don't use sage, you know, especially if you are not indigenous, please stop. Please don't. Um, same for Palo Santo. Um, now, the use of the term smudging. Um, Smudging, I think people, when people think of the word smudging, they typically think of probably a smoke cleansing. And that's not really all of it. Like smudging is actually refers to a very specific practice done by indigenous peoples that, you know, if you're not a par part of that culture, you cannot replicate that. You don't know what all goes into an actual smudging. You know, if you want to do a smoke cleansing, that's fine. Just don't call it smudging because it's not, you know, um, and there that's the thing, like, especially since witches and witchy things are becoming more trendy and it's picked up by more people, you know, you do get the typical, you know, white suburban women who want to come in and just, you know, use all of these things, but they don't really research or look into the history behind these things. And, you know, they can get into a very, you know, appropriative mindset um one of the biggest things is wicca specifically can be very appropriative there are ways to practice wicca in which you're not culturally appropriative but i mean it was started and you know basically formed by cultural appropriation by taking things from certain closed indigenous practices and just incorporating it into you know spirituality light you know um so it, it's very important you know if you're interested in spirituality if you're interested in witchcraft to really actually look into the things that you want to know about that you want to you know practice and see if there is you know see where it actually comes from um because it, it is very easy at times to fall into practices 
that are actually culturally appropriative, even if you're not aware of it, you know, again, impact is greater than intent. You know, even if you don't intend to use something that's part of another culture, you know, its impact can still be felt and can still be hurtful. So it's always important to, you know, if you do accidentally stumble into something, you know, and somebody corrects you, accept the correction with grace and, you know, find something else. Um, another thing is, especially in uh, Norse uh, spirituality in what we call Asatru, it is really, really, really easy for groups to be infiltrated by racists, um, you know, very much on the white supremacy side of things. Um, I have to be very, very careful about the groups of groups that I, you know, join about the people that I associate with, because, you know, it can be very easy for racist mindsets to kind of slip in. Um, they like to, you know, steal our, our symbols, our stories, you know, use our lore to prop up their bigotry. And it's, it's really frustrating. And, you know, so we have to be very careful, you know, look out for certain, you know, signs and symbols that somebody's not really on the up and up. So it's, you know, it, it can be really frustrating sometimes to, you know, walk this path to practice witchcraft. You know, you always have to be very mindful of where your practices are coming from. And you also have to be very aware of the people that you associate with. So what kinds of things do you have to, um, you had said that people will use uh, symbols in inappropriate ways. Do you have examples of that? Like how does, you know, cause like these kids who are buying, you know, the, um, the palmistry hands or the, um, I can't even remember what it's called. The, the star symbol. Um, people that are buying those don't necessarily know what their what those symbols mean they just have a have an inkling of uh like the lifestyle right so what's the what's the big like takeaway you would want someone to know to look out for um i mean basically any any time you would buy like you want to buy something with a symbol on it really research that particular symbol and research the shop that is running it as well um there have been some witchy kind of shops that i've you know, maybe seen a product for, I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. And I then I go to the shop and I'm like, oh, they also sell Palo Santo. And oh, the owners look like they're white. Hmm. You know, like, obviously, if it was an indigenous person selling that, then I would feel a little bit better because obviously they're more than likely trying to sell to, you know, people who, you know, also practice this themselves. Obviously, it's kind of hard to tell over the internet, but still, like, I would at least feel a little bit better about purchasing from them, knowing that they're not, you know, just actively trying to just, you know, <laughs> you know, put on this air of spirituality without actually, you know, researching and being respectful of different people's, cult different people's cultures and heritages and things like that. Um, also, again, like, if you see a symbol or something that on something that you want, you know, you, you can look it up. You can see, you know, if there's anything negative associated with that. I always, you know, anything I buy, anything I look at, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not using something that could potentially signal to other people that I think this way or I believe this way. Um, some of the runes 
from Norse paganism have been co-opted by racists. And as a result, a lot of, you know, us in the, you know, community who are not racist, you know, we tend to avoid those particular runes because we know that that sends a signal that, hey, you know, I believe in white supremacy, you know, so that not only alienates people that we would want to associate with, but that also sends out a signal to people we wouldn't want to associate with that, hey, this person is safe, let's go ahead and, you know, be around them. So it's, you know, a a lot of things when it comes to spirituality involves a lot of research. It's something that, you know, it's not always something that you can just do a quick Google search on, even though a Google search is really like the most basic, you know, <laughs> thing you can do. It's so easy and yet so many people don't do it. But, you know, there there are lots of uh, like Facebook groups, for example, out there that, you know, you can go to and you can ask questions and, uh, you know, they're run by people of color, by indigenous people, and they can tell you, you know, what is okay, what is not okay, what is a part of their culture, and things like that. So, I mean, if you do, you know, come to those communities and interact with them, you know, you may need to develop a thicker skin because, you know, again, you know, they're, you aren't owed geniality, you know, you aren't owed politeness, you know. Obviously, what about um, like bundles when people have like uh, Palo Santo and sage and some kind of like crystal? I would uh, run as far as I could. <laughs> what is that? Is that just like a? It's it's like, and I think a lot of people who would buy those are kind of more on the Wicca side, but the, it's kind of like this spiritual grab bag where it's like, oh, this is just kind of what people would associate with like witches, with spirituality, with things like that, and so we're just gonna sell that. You know, it's very much into the heart of consumerism, which is it looks not pretty. And it, yeah, right? okay. it, it looks pretty, and it's something that a lot of people would kind of you know just immediately recognize, but at the same time it's not really that good, you know, and it kind of falls into this consumerism that a lot of witches don't really like. Obviously, you know, real witches will run shops and they will sell things, but, you know, it's more for the benefit of, you know, the community and so that, you know, they can pay their rent. You know, it's not to just make an insane profit on or just to, you know, play on what they know people will be looking for you know it will be more like things people will actually need um i know i actually have a friend um who is also a witch she's setting up a shop for um different things uh she right now she is making all kinds of uh, custom teas um to help people and uh it's actually really interesting to like see you know everything that's you know goes into you know making and combining these blends that she's you know, making it's, it's really cool. Um, and I mean, she has a lot of fun with it. Obviously, you know, she does want to make a little money. She wants to, you know, be able to, you know, make a living from this, but at the same time, you know, she's not going to be, you know, just trying to serve like the lowest common denominator, you know, and that's, right. I think what you need to look for. Yeah. It is really kind of cool to like be on Etsy and to see what people are making, but then mm -hmm. to, not really know very much about like what it is there, there's not a whole lot of details as to like what specifically I'm purchasing you know mm -hmm. what I mean oh no I, I totally get it but it is kind of pretty I kind of want it pretty <laughs> yeah and I, mean, I, I mean it's one of those things that you know again research will help you a lot um 
you can there are significances to you know just about every kind of witchy thing out there and some of them you may agree with you may vibe with you may be able to you know fully sink yourself into it others they may be appropriative they may be from closed practices they may be you know things that don't apply to you and so it's not something to really indulge in so again just you know research is your biggest friend part of you know one of the biggest things about being a witch is learning you know and you're consistently learning i think you know most witches would say that you know you should constantly be learning you shouldn't ever get to this point where you think you just know everything you know it's always a constant cycle of learning more and more and bettering yourself by you know walking your spiritual path that's one of the biggest things that i believe in is that you know we all walk our own path whether that you know is involved in witchcraft whether it's involved with christianity whether it's islam you know uh, judaism you know buddhism you know whatever your path you know it's yours to walk but it shouldn't ever be just a straight line you should always consistently be growing as a person and evolving that's good you know you should never reach this point where it's just a plateau and i think if you do then it's something that should really cause you to pause and kind of evaluate you know what is this path i'm on is it really serving me best and is there something else that i can do not only for the path that i walk but also to myself is there something else i need to address in myself that either i'm you know, just potentially blind to, or that, you know, I just, I need to get into, you know? Sure. Okay. Um, so let's go back then to fandoms in the Mm -hmm. sense that, um, there's, you know, like I'm always on Netflix trying to find new stuff to watch, new stuff to figure out. (laughs) Um, uh, I think that something I've been staying away from is, uh, Sabrina. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, the new Netflix show. Um, have you had a chance to, to look at that or I haven't about it? Uh, I haven't really. Sabrina was one of those things that like on the surface, it's like it kind of appeals to me. But then like when I actually went to watch like some older episodes, like, you know, back in the day, I was like, eh, this isn't really all doing all that much for me, you know? So it's, it's just one of those things that never really clicked with me. I was just but not that interested. But they have a new interested. show on Netflix that's supposed yeah. to be slightly more into the thing. I don't know. Are, are we talking about the one with Melissa Joan Hart or? Yeah, that's um, the only one that I've seen. Like, I obviously, like, I know that they made, like, a new one because, I mean, they're, they're pretty much remaking everything at this point. Sure. So it's, it's right, not right. really a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, let's talk about the media at this point. I know, right? <laughs> um, okay, so, yeah, I, I mean, I watched maybe one episode or half an episode by myself, and I don't know mm-hmm. if I got scared or if I was in over my head, but I ended mm-hmm. up not watching it. Um, but I have heard good things, and I, I'm sure I'm going to be looking for a new show here pretty soon, so... Um, I'm sure you'll hear about it when it, when I get there as to how I feel and what to do. Um, I think I think I actually have a, a young child to, to watch it with. So hopefully um, we'll, we'll be able to figure that out because uh, us binging television on weeknights doesn't necessarily bode well with me, especially waking up at six in the morning. But, you know, it could happen. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, it's 
it's one of those things that it's just like, uh, do do I want to watch this remake or do I want to watch this? You know, it's that we have yeah. so much to consume media wise. I mean, there's mm-hmm. constantly new shows coming out, constantly new movies coming out. Well, maybe not constantly these days, but still, well, you know, this year is a little different, but yeah, yeah but still, I mean, there, there's new things that are just coming out all the time, and it, it's one of those things that's like. Are we really going to have time to watch everything that we want to watch? Probably not. <laughs> right. Okay, so um, any witches that we missed? Uh, I'm sure there's tons. They're positive. Um, yeah. I mean, Harry, Harry Potter is, like, just so easy to pull from. And I think that's probably why we, you know, focused on Harry Potter a lot in, like, previous yes. years. Because it's just easy. You know? It, it's mm-hmm. so easy. There's so many different, like, Halloween kind of topics that we can pull from but you know at the same time this year you know we wanted to do something a little bit yeah. different you know talk about maybe a few other witches said, like i have a favorite harry potter witch or wizard um geez it'd probably be luna lovegood for me oh yeah i do she, like luna a lot she reminds me a lot it's of myself <laughs> And talks. You know, I actually remember in high school, right out of high school, I had long brown hair, and I actually was, like, out among people for a change after <laughs> high school. So, you know, usually I, I had five jobs. I was working all the time. <laughs> but I went out, and I had, like, a, like a purple dress on with leggings, and I was... Uh, listening to a concert or something and I had some stranger come up to me and tell me that I looked like Luna Lovegood and I looked at him like what are you even okay because first of all my hair is dark brown second of all no I have a little bit of color to my skin and third what what planet is this guy on then I started looking at pictures of my and pictures of Luna Lovegood and was trying to make it make it work in my head and I was like I think that guy had too much of a good night that night because it still, to this day, obviously boggles me. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree, though. I, I probably related to her whimsical uh, way of talking the most, for sure. Yeah, and just be um, different and yet not caring about being different. <laughs> how different you really are. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Just kind of sinking back into everything that she enjoyed and she loved with no regard for if anybody else thought it was weird or not. <laughs> right. She sort of had like a had, a had a draw in that way where yeah. you, wa- you wanted to be as laid back as she was about mm-hmm. how odd she was simultaneously. Yeah. It was yeah. Definitely, <laughs> she was definitely one of my favorites for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm still trying to think of any other fandoms that we haven't talked about that really talk about witches um Mm -hmm. oh this is actually the perfect little time to uh tell you i think the other week they dropped the trailer for the re the remake yes another remake i know but the remake of the uh 90s movie the witches um i don't know if you remember that with the roll doll with uh angelica houston from the 90s they're remaking it and I gotta say, like, when I first, like, heard that they were remaking it, I'm, like, rolling my eyes, like, oh, like, really, another remake? Right. But I saw the trailer, and, like, obviously, you know, trailers are not going to be the finished product. Sometimes the trailers aren't as good as the finished product. Sometimes it's better than the finished product. You know, it's, 
trailers are such a hit and miss for me, but I saw the trailer and I'm like, I don't completely hate this. Like, okay. this actually looks like it could be good. Like, now the original was, um, had Tim Curry in it, didn't it? Uh, or am I, I think of something else. I don't even know. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like some, um, famous brunette, uh, is in the trailer, though. Uh, Anne Hathaway is yes. the head witch in the new yes. one. Okay. Um, uh, let me. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, the original, like, obviously, you know, it's always going to be a classic, especially with Angelica Houston in, you know, the head witch role. I mean, she just has right. this. Well, it's like 90s. Yeah. Uh, it's our childhood, you know? like Yeah. And like, you know, she's just, I, I rarely, I hesitate to use this word a lot because I feel it's overused a lot. Um, okay. But... You know, she, Angelica Houston is really, truly iconic. Like, she, mm-hmm. just her look, her attitude, you know, the whole vibe that she gives off is just amazing. Um, and so when, like, when I initially heard that they were remaking it, I'm like, uh, are they bringing her back or are they getting someone else? Like, I, I just don't see how anyone could match that. And um, Anne Hathaway, I'm, like, kind of neutral on. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily love her or hate her either way. She's like, she's cool. It It's cool. But, you know, the way she was in the trailer and, you know, what she projected in the trailer, I'm like, hmm, okay. Like, not the exact same as Angelica Houston, but still, like, okay, like, I could work with this. You know, I could like this. Um, they also have Octavia Spencer as the grandmother, um, so that's that's going to be, I think, really cool because it, she's she's fantastic. I love her so much, so much, so much. So I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm actually, like, a little excited to see it. Maybe. <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I was... I'm cautiously optimistic, I, I yes. think you could say. You know, like, I, I'm not, like, totally head over heels in love with it because, obviously, I haven't seen it. I, I can't be head over heels in love with it yet. But right. I'm cautiously optimistic that it may not be a crap remake, you know? So I was definitely not thinking of the right movie. Um, I I feel like maybe I never even saw The Witches uh, from 1990. So maybe that's a thing I have to think of. I believe that Tim Curry was actually in The Worst Witch was um, a movie. It was like a TV movie or Mm -hmm. something like that. So, um, I mean, yeah. he's been in so much, so it's like... Forget I said anything. I'm just in love with him. Um, but I mean, he's... something else I wanted to talk about, too. Yes. Oh, I... While you were talking about that one, I was thinking about something else. Ooh. And can't remember what it was. Oh, the, there was also... Um... Nope, I lost it again. Okay, let's keep going. Um... Halloween Town. Did you ever oh, yes. watch any of those movies? Oh my goodness, yes I did. And how, <laughs> how we were supposed to like not notice that they changed the actress for Marnie. Totally. Yes. Was, I, I loved the original childhood. actress. I did too, I loved her. I absolutely yes. adored her. Um, and then when they switched it, I was like, well, okay, fine. But we knew she wasn't getting too old for Disney because she was in that like octo... Yeah, the octuplet movie. Octuplets movie, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't even know. Maybe it's just like a filming home. schedule thing, you know? I mean, maybe she hit puberty and had a chest or something, and they were upset about oh, it. Oh, we I can't don't. have that. Even oh, though you literally have 30-year-olds playing teenagers on Disney shows, like, come on. Right, but only <laughs> if they're probably below a 
something something or other. I mean, for <laughs> for all of the good things that Disney puts out, there's some kind of weird I don't want to call it toxic thing, but I feel like there should be like a Disney Star PTSD club where they just talk about things that their Disney stardom did to them. Yeah. Just all the pressures up. that, you know, they're exposed to. Because, I mean, that that's yeah. a lot that they're put under. And it, it can drive, you know, a lot of people kind of batty. And, I mean, it's it's no wonder, really, you know. Um, but, but, yeah, like, it's... It's hard for me to, like, really reconcile with whether or mm-hmm. not these people are really talented or if they're just... And if they're in through some sparkles on them and now they're fantastic or if they're really, you know, then they have all their money and they turn 18 and there's this nasty stigma of like, Mm -hmm. you know, drugs and fashion and other such nonsense. And I, I never know how to like really deal with what happens to them when they become adults. Yeah. And And there's also, you know, questions, there's also questions like, you know, are they really in a safe and good environment? Do they have good people around them who will, you know, really actually help and support them, keep them level headed and, you know, become, you know, well-adjusted adults, you know, because I, I feel like, you know, that that's so absent from a lot of younger stars lives. And it's, it's really sad sometimes to see that. So I, you know, every time I see like a young person like coming up and like, you know, becoming an up and coming Disney star, I'm like, Oh, like, I hope they really have, you know, somebody good, you know, behind the scenes that are supporting them. I don't hear about them when they turn 20. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I hope that they don't have a sordid tale because I I really like them enough to to be real adult humans who have real careers and real adult things to aspire to yeah you know like sad that it's always this thing you know i don't know anything about the actress who played marnie for the first movies so i'm sure i'm hoping that she went off and got a degree and did whatever her heart desired oh she did um wanted to do oh she did um the actress from or the original actress from halloween town kimberly j brown like she's she's really gone on and kind of like just done her own thing she does still like act in some things i know um i think she has a little shop set up where she makes and sells things. I mean, she she's kind of made a nice little life for herself. Um, kind of like, um, kind of like the actress for Matilda. Like she's just kind of really become her own person. I'm I'm very proud of her. You know, that's it can be kind of hard to come out of, you know, the world of Disney and you know all of those pressures and everything, and you know be a stable person. And but it does happen, and I, I'm really glad to see when it does happen. You know. Right. Right. Okay, so that's all I've got as far as witches and um, what I wanted to talk about for this October <laughs> episode. Yes. Um, and so we wanted to wish you all a very happy Halloween um, or Samhain if you are a pagan like myself and are going to be celebrating the actual holiday and not just like the commercialized holiday, which is fine. If you want to just celebrate the commercialized holiday, you know, go go have fun. You know, go eat your candy and have your party. Well, responsibly have your parties. Have a Zoom party, you know. <laughs> have a party on Discord. It's it's cool. You know, go and, you know, celebrate it. Have fun. Um, I'll just be celebrating Samhain myself and I'll be, you know, 
doing all of my little witchy things to commemorate the holiday. Um, and if you have any questions, if, you know, maybe we didn't cover or talk about any witches that you personally like, um, hit us up on our social media. You know, we have an Instagram, we have a Twitter, we have a Tumblr, we have a Facebook page. You know, you can find us all there if you just search Beauties and Headcanons. Um, we'll pop, we should pop right up. Um, you can DM us, you can comment, you know, However you want to, you know, convey your message to us, feel free. I would, I love to get comments. I love to respond to comments. You know, we're, you know, I, I, you know, like to post and obviously, you know, we like likes and things, but I also love to respond to comments. They're so much fun. So, you know, please, you know, feel free, you know, don't, don't be too shy. You know, don't be afraid to leave us a comment there or message us or, you know, whatever. It's, you know, we, I have a lot of fun with the people that I talk to on there. So again, happy Halloween, happy Samhain, or whatever holiday that you celebrate this time of year. And without that, I'm Tegan. And I'm Lindsay. And thanks for getting nerdy with us today on Beauties and Headcanons. (laughs) 